Trevor Alper and the Team of Brass. I'm Carson Sestouli. This is Fangraphs Audio. The listener uh, should note that while I've taken the liberty of calling this episode of Fangraphs Audio, while I've, uh, while I've called it uh, or titled it a poorly attended not graphs meeting, uh, that's actually not the case. Uh, this is not, in fact, an audio presentation of a uh, NotGraph staff meeting uh, because those don't exist. Uh, it, it's actually a discussion with NotGraph's contributor, Robert J. Bauman. Uh, in fact, I've called it a poorly attended NotGraph staff meeting as a joke. That is a joke, a comedy joke. Uh, that confession having been made, uh, however, allow me to promise the listener uh, that what follows is uh, certainly not the worst episode uh, of Fangraphs Audio and features also, as an added bonus, uh, features useful information uh, pertaining to, for example, uh, Robert Bauman's awful softball team. Now even its Pythagorean record is bad owing to a uh, miserable run differential. Uh, oh, in, in terms of useful information, Bauman and I talk about our respective MLB.TV strategies, uh, whether it be on the television screen through the PlayStation 3 or, for example, on the, uh, the computer desktop. Uh, we talk about MLB TV strategies. Uh, we talk also about other kinds of strategies, uh, in this case, strategies of getting to Miller Park from Robert Bauman's house, which is obviously uh, information that applies to everyone who's listening, to every listener uh, getting to Miller Park from Robert Bauman's house. And uh, we also talk about Dane Perry's new book uh, titled Drinking with Boiler Yard Clark, Drinking with Boiler Yard Clark, uh, that's actually published uh, by Bauman, by his uh, his uh, publishing house, such as it is Mitzvah Chaps, available at mitzvahchaps.org, that book. So yes, it is a Fangraphs audio. It is not a uh, poorly attended Knockrafts staff meeting, but it does feature Knockrafts contributor Robert J. Bauman, and it begins right now. Let me speak for myself. I know that um, when I first became, when I was first exposed to um, sort of advanced concepts, you know, uh, baseball analysis, right? Um, yeah. It, I found it. Re- I found it very hard to resist, and I'm sh- I'm positive that I was annoying about it, I- at least a little bit. Um, when it came time, when it when like, like I had like ideas like playing on like yeah like rec softball teams about uh, optimizing lineups. And um, <laughs> and maybe like more, maybe like like um, developing more, more more nuanced or more efficient defensive alignments. Um, yeah, you know that might have. Um, but um, I'm I'm curious to you, and I think that I've probably um, mellowed so far as that's concerned. But I'm wondering if that's ever been uh, an issue for you. Uh, if you if you if you find that you're unable to separate your uh, your analytical interests, which even, despite it should be noted, despite the fact that you write for not graphs, you're um, relatively competent in that in that direction as well. Uh, do, do you find it hard to, to separate that that uh, those instincts from from the the ones you exhibit uh, while on the softball field or on the or in the dugout? Well, I'm sort of a I'm I'm not I'm not a person who's going to take over, uh, and and. Unless I'm really comfortable with, you know, almost everybody on the team, I'm not a person who's going to voice those sorts of opinions uh, with any sort of force. Right. Um, I often find myself talking about them with Scotty, my my longstanding buddy, 
just privately in the dugout or when we're taking the field or something like that. But, but yeah, I do think about it. You're less. Um, you're 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 not going to um, uh, to exert your will on a, a group of people, some of whom you you don't know particularly well. No, I'm not no. going to unfurl my anal- analytical. Ugh. We did we did go with the the short outfielder. You know, in softball there are yeah right uh, yeah per, it, there are four outfielders, and we went with the short fielder because these guys couldn't hit to right. The guys that we were playing in. The, the wait, and sorry, the the right. They couldn't hit the right. The right. They were right-handed batters. They they couldn't go to opposite field. They did not have a single left-handed hitter, and they none of them um, hit a ball to uh, to right field proper tonight. There was one fly ball to right center. Okay. But otherwise, it was on the entire. It was on the left side of the the field the yeah. entire time. Right. And uh, so we actually made several outs by playing that that short outfielder. Uh, right, yeah, so if you do the short outfield, so are you essentially going with, like, you have someone, you have someone, so you have essentially three outfielders between left and center field, right? So you have left field, or, or maybe slightly left of left field, and then you have kind of left center, and then you have center field. And then, do you do you position the short fielder sort of behind the shortstop, or what? where, where do you put that, that person? Yeah, he was, um, he was... Behind the shortstop and maybe a bit towards second base for most of the game. Okay. Yeah, and he made uh, he made several catches uh, barely having to move. So. Well, there you it, go. It worked out. It worked out well for us. Um, I'm sure. Uh, not, it, can I assume not you still, well enough. Yeah, you, you still lost. Is what the point is. Yeah. Yeah. What's your record on, the, on the young season? Oh and two. Oh and two, and uh, it was the second game. Yeah. You lost your first game. What was the score? <laughs> uh, twenty to one. Twenty to one. And what was the score of tonight's game? Tonight was seven to five. Low oh, scoring that's m- affair. Much closer. Yeah, much so, better game. We sh- we really should have won, but uh, on the um, but we didn't. I don't. I'm not going to do the math right now, but I'm guessing your run your your run differential twenty seven to six suggests to me that um, if we we're looking at Pythagorean win loss. Um, you probably you should also have zero wins by that measure as well. <laughs> Although it should be noted Over, the run the run environment is much different, so I don't necessarily know how that would work out. Yeah, but if you I mean if you're that run differential suggests blowouts, right? And so uh, no no matter what the run environment is, um, yeah, you know right. if you're not scoring runs in a high run scoring environment, you're going to get blown out. Right? Yeah. If or, if the, if your opponent is the one creating the high scoring environment, then your chances <laughs> your chances are still limited. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good point. Um, but uh, I assume that uh, this is not the sort of thing uh, you you don't seem to me someone who you seem to be. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Someone who, while you would not mind winning, um, especially if when it comes to to uh, beer league softball, uh, that maybe in this case playing. How you play the game is uh, is most important, or maybe not even how you play the game, but that you play the game. Yeah, that's mostly true, and I think that's. Uh, I think I'm a, I'm sort of a competitive person, but I also um, I've been a loser all my life. So yeah. <laughs> it, it, <laughs> I I've grown accustomed to it. Yeah, if you're yeah, if you're gonna be if you're gonna lose a lot, uh, it's best to play down your competitive instincts, probably. 
Yeah. Really just push mm-hmm. them down. You know, when you were talking, when you were discussing um, your uh, your lack of willingness—not your lack of willingness, but your—you know—how you would be unlikely to uh, exert your will here for uh, different defensive uh, alignments uh, on your teammates or other sabermetric concepts applied uh, to mm-hmm. uh, to your, your softball team. I was thinking. Uh, um, I've recently uh, made an acquaintance here in in. Um, Madison and he was instructing me on um, on uh, midwestern behavior. Uh, he's he's from he's from uh, not, from not very far from Madison, and um, he said that he's found that what he, that he ends uh, if he's asking um, uh, if he's requesting something of a, of another person, he'll always add the words or no at the end. Um, so like he'll be like um. Oh, like, do you want to do you want to get a drink tonight, or no, or no? And um, it, it, this is a, a, an opportunity. He gives the his uh, interlocutor a uh, an opportunity to decline gracefully, and that seems to be a particularly Midwestern trait to me. To to add yeah. or no, and I don't know if you if you do that, but uh, well, do I mean do you do you do something like that, or or is your or no implied? Do you think? Uh, I imagine that I do it sometimes. I think that um, I personally will just uh, sort of sort of downplay everything that I'm doing, um, and I think that's uh, that's a pretty Midwestern habit, pretty common Midwestern habit. Yeah, yeah. And but I think I think that the or no phrasing is uh, part and parcel with that. You you don't want to impose Midwesterners. In my experience, and it's true of myself, I hate imposing on on others, and so like yeah, offering that, them that uh, graceful, offering them the opportunity to be to gracefully decline, as you said. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's my my words. Your words. Well crafted. My well crafted words. The uh, let, let me. Um, um, it's not a total change of topic, but because it's going to stay, it's going to have to do with the Midwest and your um, team affiliation. If I'm not mistaken, you're uh, well, you are a baseball enthusiast, but you're a fan of the Brewers as well. Is that is that mm-hmm. accurate? Okay. Um, that is accurate. I wanted to ask you this question. I know that. Um, um, so I do. I do a lot of work at nights, um, but I also like to watch games, and so I find that. Most of the games I watch, it's it's also while I'm working. So, for example, um, I watched a little bit uh, earlier the, earlier this evening. Actually, I sat down and watched maybe three or the first three or four innings of the uh, the uh, Cleveland Philadelphia game. But another game that I'm going to want to watch tonight, um, and, and I should say we're recording this about uh, it's currently like about nine nine thirty nine forty Central Time on uh, Wednesday. Um, I'm going to watch the replay on uh, via MLB.tv of uh, the Padres Cubs game. Um, uh, one because I like watching games with uh, Len Casper, Jim Deshays, um, and uh, two, and in this uh, because Andrew Kashner is pitching. Andrew Kashner is both uh, entertaining and additionally he's on one of my fantasy teams. So that's there you go. That's why I'm going to watch. But I'm going to watch while I'm working probably. It's I, I would I would say for better or worse it's very rare. That I sit down um, and watch nine consecutive innings of a game. This is fine. It's fine for me. Uh, let me ask you. 
What? What? So you don't know what you don't know what happened in that Cubs game? Well, I know Scott. I saw accidentally on Twitter Scott Feldman got a lot of outs. Is that fair to say? Or is that even what you're uh, thinking? Is that even what you're thinking? No, that wasn't what I was thinking. Um, but don't I was tell. Thinking please don't tell about, me about what Cash what Cashner did. No, why would you? Don't. I won't. I didn't. I didn't say anything. Well, now I know that he did something. What? What is it? <laughs> he 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 pitched. Yeah, That's I know he, he pitched. He probably pitched in 95 miles per hour a bunch. Anyway, you've already, you've already, you haven't ruined it. But if if I was going to get 100% enjoyment out of it, now I've gotten something less than that. Let me ask you, let me ask you this though. Uh, how do you generally consume baseball? Uh, do you? Well, I, I would think that you would watch some Brewers games, but I would also think that uh, because. Um, Bob Euchre is so good that you make a point. I would assume that you make a point of listening to some of them, and then you also watch others. So, how, what's your what are your strategies? Uh, pretty similar to yours. I, if I'm doing some, for instance, recently, um, and I imagine we'll get to this more later. Uh, I've been putting together these chapbooks, and so that's a, that's a thing where my hands are busy, but um, maybe my mind is. That's perfect. Available. That's what. That's yeah, that's it's, a perfect it's, scenario. Yeah. So I've been watching a lot of games on MLB TV uh, while I'm while I'm putting these chapbooks together and and things like that. Or if I'm just surfing the net, otherwise I'll have it have the the small screen up on my computer. Oh, oh wait, wait. Doing... Let me let me ask about that. How, do you like the small screen? Because I'll, I'll be honest, I don't. I never use the small screen. Well, I use it if I'm. Surfing the web otherwise, or if I need to look something up, or if I'm sort of maybe typing something in a Word document or into WordPress or something. Uh, and you can so tell it, you could tell it to stay on top. Is that the idea? You can. This is an option. No, I just sort of move it to the side and then have what other whatever other application windows that I'm using open. Okay. To the right to the right of that. Okay. Now, do you ever go? I, oh, sorry, we'll get to, to to your other viewing strategies in a second. Do you ever go though? Do you ever go four screens? I've seen this is a thing you can do. You can watch four games at once. Do you ever go four screens? I've uh, I've done it. Yeah, I have done it. And how do you feel about it? Not a big fan. Okay, and why why is that? You suppose? Because to me, it seems for me uh, maybe I don't have a fine enough mind. To consume four games at once. Well, let's suggest that you probably don't. But continue. <laughs> I mean, let's yeah. I mean, let's take that. That's the most probable conclusion. But go ahead. What are your what are the alternatives? <laughs> if if you if I'm watching four games at once like that, it seems like I'm just waiting for something big to happen. But I another thing that I do obsessively. Yeah. is I look at the box scores. Like I have, a lot of times actually I'll have one game playing on MLB TV, but I'll have another game up in game day. Like watching, you know, maybe watching for a certain hitter to come up or just watching for a certain scenario. And then I'll also have in a different tab of my web browser. Okay, yeah. My preferred browser is Google Chrome, by the way. Sure, yeah, fair enough. I, I will also have a li- one of my fantasy leagues up, and the live scoring of the fantasy league is happening in front of me as well. So yeah, I'm that, yeah, keeping that, track of those players. Yeah, I like that's that. A, yeah, that's probably I, a pretty common thing. 
No, I will tell you, I watched zero games on game day. For me, this is nothing to watch it on game day. I, um, and I'm not saying that it's wrong. I'm curious, why does it appeal to you? What do you think? It's just because it's just play-by-play, yeah? I mean, you see the pitches and pitch types and location for however accurate they are. I, yeah, I, sometimes it's sometimes that is unsatisfactory. Uh-huh. I have to say. I mean, you can just tell that they're not they're not cataloging them correctly, or uh, sometimes they're not giving you the pitch types at all. But I do like that actually. I do like the, you know to see the variation in speed and ex- like a more exact location. And it, uh, I, I think I think I do like it because I get a sense of how a pitcher is pitching the game from watching that. Whereas um, even if you have like a really good television angle, and a lot of times they have the pitch tracker up if you're watching like a game live, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's some it's sometimes hard to get a feel for that part of the game, which is which is one reason that I do like game day. Yeah. So you so you will you watch game day, and then if if it um, perhaps if a certain situation, maybe a high leverage situation arises, or or a, or some sort of series of events unfolds that is uncommon. Will you flip to that game? Is that the idea? Yes, I will. Okay. Yeah. All right. I see what's going on now. All right. That seems reasonable. That seems like a reasonable way to watch. And this is all on the computer. No, you don't have the uh, like a TV or situation. No, I don't. I'd really like to get Apple TV or something like that. But uh, my the TV you've seen. Oh yes. The setup I have in my living room currently. It's, well, do you want to describe it briefly? <laughs> yeah, I have I have a large TV that was given to me by Scotty, the, my my softball buddy. Oh, that's the same guy. That's the same guy. No, he, no. He gave it will to you will you will you elaborate? You said large TV. Will you will you talk about? We talk about not just we talk about not just about size, but also um, date of manufacture. <laughs> okay, it's about it's a, the the screen is a fifty five inch screen or some something fifty two fifty five inch. So it's fairly large, but it's extremely old. The thing probably weighs a few hundred pounds. Yeah, this is not like and a flat screen. I mean, it, it is technically flat, but it is not like a proper like HD flat screen television. No, 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 it's not at not all. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. It's old, but and, and then and then this doesn't uh, this doesn't work though. Is the point? It's 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 about two feet deep as well. No, it doesn't work. It stopped. It stopped working uh, several months ago. Um, it might even be six months at this point. Uh, I have trouble keeping track of time, considering how old I am. Yeah. So, so that I don't have the means to take it to a recycling facility or a dump. Yeah. And in order to have it. I could call for a special pickup, but Milwaukee, um, the public works, they now charge $50 for a special pickup. So I don't really want to pay, pay the $50, or I haven't brought myself to um, part with that $50 to get that TV. So it's just sitting there, and then in front of it, we have a coffee table type thing with a much smaller TV, also old, very heavy bubble TV, not even flat screen at all. Yeah. And like a JVC, a like an old JVC or something. It's a sharp. Okay, there you I'm go. looking at it right now. I'm sitting in my living room. Uh, and it has, it's, it, it doesn't, it has to have, it's so old that it has to have one of those cable, like the, the converter boxes plugged into it right. with an antenna. Wait, can I make, can we go back? I, 
have you considered this with regard to the large television? I don't know who I don't know who would answer or who would respond to this, but um, the world is also a strange place. It, have you considered uh, taking a picture of it and putting it up on Craigslist as free as long as the person brings it away? Um, I have considered that, and honestly, uh, there's no excuse for not having done it. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a, and actually, there's an excuse. Talking point right now. Yeah, we're talking about this on the podcast, and the, whoever is going to listen to this, all three of them, will find this point fascinating, and now they will be able to imagine my life more vividly. And they will be appreciative of that. <laughs> That's the that's so the that's one why, reason you didn't do it. Nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I uh, knew this podcast was coming. Well, one thing I want to say too is uh, with regard to watching on the on the computer, um, I find it ideal. I find it difficult to find an ideal sitting position. Um, I don't know if this is a situation for you. I mean, I, I, you know, sometimes, like I said, I'll be working, but this is, I say, I'm working now. But if I'm just wa- sitting down to watch a game, I would like to recline. Um, I'm wondering if this is a dilemma for you. Mm, well, in the case when I've been making the checkbooks, uh, I sort of just set it up. <laughs> Actually, what I've done is I I put a box top, like a case that say a case of coffee paper might come in. I put a box top over my garbage can, which is the Milwaukee Brewers garbage can, and then I put my computer on that. Okay. And I. Pull, pull up a full screen game. Then I'm watching. I've been watching full screen games, and then I have my desktop to do the the chapbook stuff with. Okay. Um. So that's pretty comfortable because I sort of have to be sitting up and uh, in a position that allows some dexterity to make the chapbooks. But if I'm just sitting down to watch a game and do nothing else, I generally will lay on my couch and put my computer on the coffee table that's next to the couch and do it that way. So generally, I'm pretty comfortable. Actually, I don't I don't find it hard to get comfortable for Okay. Me. So what we're doing here, this may seem um, um, this may seem inconsequential, but what we're doing is we're exploring methods of leisure here. This is leisure science, and I think that mm-hmm. I, I would suggest that this is a um, grossly unplumbed uh, considerations <laughs> like this. Yeah, I would say that it's uh, that this is important to. to to uh, to create dialogues on this so that we might better pursue leisure. Do you have a setup for, on your television so that you can work on your computer and watch the television at the same time? Yeah, I got a PS I got a PS3 that I bought very much uh, with the idea of watching uh, baseball games on it in mind. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that was a large that was largely the reason I did that. So I wish that we did that. Yeah. The Nintendo Wii, because we have one of those. Oh, you have a Wii, yeah. Yeah, yeah, well, uh, I don't know how you came into your Wii, but if you spent any money on it, uh, you should have considered this beforehand. Uh, we didn't. We, it was given to us as a gift. Yeah, well, then you didn't, then who cares? It's not a lost opportunity in that case. No. You were just given a Wii. Um, wait, so we didn't actually answer the original, we didn't get to the original question, which was how do you consume Milwaukee Brewers baseball? And... What what percentage of games would you say you do consume? Um, well, the, the crappy thing is is that we don't have a cable TV package, which means that we don't get the Brewers games on TV. And as is well known and lamented 
Yeah. Rightfully lamented, local games are blacked out. Um, and I'm in the blackout region for the Brewers, so that means I can't watch it on MLTV TV. So I watch very few Brewers games on television. Mm-hmm. Uh, historically, I've gone to a lot of games, though, uh, because I live in the city and it's it's not a bad drive, and uh, I'm not afraid to navigate between my house and and the Brewer game, and I do that in many different ways, by different many different modes. But uh, I think last year I probably went to about 25 games. That's actually. a lot of games. That's a lot of games. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, that's over a quarter of the home games. Yeah, it is. Um, yes, it is. So I got to see a lot that way. And I do listen to, um, I mean, with MLB TV, you can obviously listen on the radio. And, I mean, I could just tune in to the local broadcast one way or another anyways. So I do end up listening to uh, a, a good amount of brew games. I listen to Matt Woodland Pattern when I'm at work. That's where you work uh, as a uh, poetry bookstore in Milwaukee? It is. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty laid back, so we can have the games on if it's like a day game or if I'm still there when the evening game starts. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I would say in, in some form I end up consuming over 50% of the Brewers games. Yeah, it sounds like it. It sounds like you go see a lot of them. Uh, let, let me ask you a question about this. I, I know that you, at points you have had a car, at other points you have not had a car. I also know that driving to the stadium might uh, might be a pain in the ass for two reasons. One, that it's uh, uh, traffic can build up, and, and two, because I think you have to pay for parking, don't you? You do it, it's like $5, 10 $15, something like that. At the Brewer games? Yeah. Yeah, what I do is uh, I generally try to avoid the, the parking thing because there's some street parking that's, um, if you're able-bodied enough and if you have enough ambition, you can park in, it's about maybe a mile, mile and a half walk into the stadium. And if you get there early enough, I mean, those spots do fill up, mm-hmm. uh, especially for games that are well-attended, but if, if you get there early enough, you can generally find a spot within like a mile and a half at most of the stadium and just walk in. And I, I that's what I most often do. I also sometimes bike in the summer sometimes. If the weather is nice, I'll, I'll bike to my house. There's the Henry Aaron bike trail that runs, um, well, for a good length along Canal Street, and Canal Street will take you right to the, the sort of, well, the eastern lot of Miller Park. And then and how long a bike ride is that? Do you live, um, wait, it should be said, you live uh, You live on the east side of Milwaukee. People may not know this, but it's, uh, I think you live maybe two or three miles west of the University of Milwaukee. Does that seem, is that about right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and, but maybe maybe two miles uh, southwest. Okay. And so uh, how, how, long a bi- how long a bike ride is it from there, from there out to the stadium? I would say probably about 45 minutes. Okay. Well, that's not crazy. That's not crazy to go see a game. No. No. Especially if it's a day game, and then you can, you know, you could be a little bit more leisurely. I would not want to get out of a game at 10 p.m. necessarily and have to bike back a lot all, all that way. No, I've actually only ever biked to day games. So day games, yeah. That makes sense. I, I think you're right about that. Let me ask you this. Is there public transit to the games? Or is there, if not public transit, is there some sort of arrangement where a person – could make his way out to a game from the center of the city or from some other easily accessible location uh, to to the park for, for something for some reasonable fee. 
Yes, there are several Miller Park flyers that come from different parts of the city. Miller um, Park flyers. I would get, yeah, um, I would get on the one that. Well, I've I've taken the bus a number of times too, and I would I can take a bus from just a block away from my house to downtown Milwaukee, and then from downtown Milwaukee get on the Miller Park flyer, which brings you basically right up to the gate. You know, like within a hundred yards of 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 the gate. The and, and is this the same? Is this like uh, Milwaukee area like transit? It is. Yeah, it's the the city bus, and I think the regular fare is two fifty. Oh, that's reasonable. No, could you could you, could you get on the bus from when you get on the bus near your house? Can you uh, ask for a transfer and use that transfer to get on the Miller Park Flyer? You can. Okay. All right. That seems reasonable. That seems reasonable. So I've been, I've used all three of those methods to get down. To the stadium. Okay. Yeah. All right. That's good. I, well, I was concerned about that because it. <clears throat> I, I've heard a number of different things about Miller Park and its construction. Uh, I w- I've been led to believe that perhaps there were there were some rumblings um, at the time, uh, or you know, when the idea for constructing a new park came around, uh, that there were rumblings uh, that it would. Um, Building that there were um, about building it downtown. That there were um, some plans to that effect. Um, yeah, and there's a lot of vacant um, space, sort of right at the at the west edge of, of downtown. That's that's still open. Um, some of it has been populated now with condos and what have you, but there's still a large portion. It's and it's sort of right where the old Pabst Brewer used to be, uh, and there was a strong movement. I think the the um, the governor of Milwaukee, or the governor of Wisconsin, and the mayor of Milwaukee at the time both wanted to to place it there. But uh, Wendy Selig Preeb, who is then the uh, I don't know what would you call her uh, owner CEO of Milwaukee Brewers Baseball. Oh, yeah, she was the owner, but you know you knew that Bud was still calling the shots at that Oh, point. right, right, right. She was a figurehead of some sort. Figurehead, that's the word I was looking for, yeah. yes. Hmm. She insisted that they would be building the park further out along the highway. Yeah, the, the site of old Milwaukee County Stadium. Oh, and okay. I think uh, the reasoning behind it, at least the, the, public, the public reasoning, what they told people was that they wanted to preserve the the tailgating culture, which is very strong at Brewers games. Um, that's and, a fact. Uh, I mean, it is. That's a fact. It is. It is, and it's fun, and it's it's. I think it's a great component of of the Milwaukee Brewers fan experience. But I think also the real reason was that they didn't want to have to. They were afraid that they would draw less from the suburbs. Especially the western suburbs, um, if the if the stadium was downtown. And does it seem? I mean, just from what you understand the situation, does it seem like that they do? I, I mean, I should say for a team, uh, for for the relative to the market, they get pretty good attendances. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, they've I think they've cracked three million in total attendance, like maybe three out of the last five years and have come close in the other two years. So. Right, right. And so they do well in that part. Do, I mean, from uh, to you, does it seem as though that, that would be 
for them a valid concern is that they would not necessarily draw from those western suburbs? Because there's uh, yeah. there's some wealth out there. Is that right? There's a what? There's wealth in those western suburbs, like uh, Waukesha. Is that one of the ones you're talking about, for example? Yeah, Waukesha, Brookfield, Pewaukee, Sussex, stuff like that. Um, maybe even a little further out than those. Right. Uh, sh- sure. There's yeah. There's wealth there. Um, more so than there would be in like maybe the east side and River West neighborhood where I live. That would you know they'd be more accessible. Right. Um, if the ballpark was downtown. You're below working class. There's working class, and then there's I mean, you have negative money. Right. This has been this is. A, People know this, right? You, you have, you have negative. Well, that's money. me personally. Yeah, I'm only, I'm only one person. Well, you know, I just assume you're representative of your neighborhood. No, I don't think everybody in my neighborhood has ninety thousand dollars in debt. Yeah. <laughs> so sad. All right, listen. Oh yeah, we're we're uh, we're nearly forty minutes in. I want to get. Uh, well, let's talk about uh, let's talk about the the chat book. You you mentioned already that you were. Um, that you've been assembling them, which sounds painstaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will say that I have received mine. Uh, my my edition of Dane Perry's drinking with Boiler Yard Boiler Yard it's Boiler Yard Clark Boiler Yard Clark drinking with Boiler Yard Clark. Uh, I have received. I think it's fantastic. There there are a couple pieces there, um, which as uh, these are all published in Knockgraphs. Um, I maybe maybe or it probably doesn't matter that I admit this as the editor of Knockgraphs. Some of them I don't remember, um, so <laughs> it's, it's nice to become uh, either reacquainted with them or acquainted for the first time. Um, but I do think that um, uh, despite his his myriad flaws, um, almost exclusive he's a, almost exclusively flawed. Uh, one of Dane's virtues is his pro style and. Uh, it's on display. Um, it's on display uh, pretty considerably in that in that text, and it's also I should add that apart from Dane's contributions, uh, your own uh, as a as a designer as a designer of chapbooks uh, is excellent. A designer or publisher of uh, I don't know to what degree. What what is your what's your role in this? Because uh, there's cover art. Uh, there's also the layout. Um, there's also a piece from like the I think is it like the minor league baseball analyst or baseball analyst from looks like the 80s or something. Yeah, um, I, I don't know what I'd call myself uh, in terms of my involvement with it. I guess you could call me publisher. Uh, but basically, what I did is I you know I just laid it out in a in an application and. I chose fonts. Yeah, well, you chose well, as far as the fonts are concerned. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I um, laid it out, you know, laid, got the images. I actually had to get um, the, the the World Series piece, the poem upon viewing a photo of the World Series. Uh, I actually had to get permission from the Oakland Tribune to use that because the the, the photo that Dane used in the, the post had a sort of a watermark, if you can call it that, considering it's only basically for Internet consumption. Uh, but that it said, you know, copyright Oakland Tribune, like right in the middle of the photo. Mm-hmm. And so I had to sort of get in contact with people, which 
uh, it took a little while to get to the right person, um, and then get to because if is that still a paper? What's that? Is it still a paper? That paper you're mentioning? Uh, no, it's online only now. Okay. It is. It's one of those ones that went to yeah. online only. Uh, but yeah, but eventually I got it and I got the rights to use it. And a nice woman in their archives department sent me the unwatermarked file, which you see in the book. Uh, so I did that, and you know, just little stuff. Um, the, the covers were designed. The was a, a drawing. It's just, it's like a hand inked thing that was then scanned and sent to me in high resolution by my friend Daniel Rolf, who lives in Lawrence, Kansas. Um, and, and he's uh, great. Yeah, he uh, he knows what he's doing, Daniel Rolf. I will say that. I mean, I don't know if he knows yeah. what he's doing all the time, but so far as making. Uh, prints or illustrations of uh, Boiler Yard Clark. He, he knows what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. So then I had those letter pressed, and then and then basically after that, it's just sort of, you know, printing. Oh, regarding the, the sort of um, fly leaf, I don't even know what you call those things. Yeah, I had an old copy of the 1987 uh, Elias Baseball Analyst, and uh, I basically just took an X-Acto knife to that book, and cut out pages and used a different one in every copy that I've put together so far. Right, yeah, and uh, it adds uh, everyone is is personal. I have, the, I believe, I have San Diego Padres from uh, from that era. Yeah, I, I'm going to assume you sold thousands of copies so far. Is that more or less? <laughs> no, no. It's, it's if, what not. if there's like an error bar of a thousand? <laughs> yeah, there's, there's an error box, a thousand, right? Uh, yeah. give, give or take a thousand. I've actually sold negative a thousand copies. Yeah, that sounds, that sounds, that's the Robert Bauman method of sales. Yeah, I paid, I, so far I've paid about a thousand people to take a book. <laughs> yeah. And, uh. That's the, yeah, the Robert, yeah. the Robert Bauman School of Personal Finance. Yep. Um, yeah. That's it. Well, let me ask you – what? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Was your thing still about the chat book? Yes, it was. Yeah, keep going then. Uh, I have sold a number of copies, and I, I've gotten a lot of positive feedback um, both on the design and on the pieces contained. It's really nice to be able to send the books. I've sent out a lot of free copies as well, and it's really nice to send the book to people who maybe um, – I know through per- poetry circles or literature circles or just other circles of my life mm-hmm. and have them respond in a way to Dane's writing uh, where, it feel, you know, like it sort of feels like uh, they've discovered something that, that they enjoy uh, that they wouldn't have otherwise had. That's a really w- rewarding thing um, that I'm grateful for. Uh, and I, I had confidence that that would happen um, because... Uh, I don't know. I think Dane's I think Dane's writing is uh, in, enjoyable by many different things. I would agree too. Yeah, I know that. Uh, I think that it transcends the topic. I mean, uh, like any good writer, or like you know, if you have a good teacher, right? A teacher, a professor. You could say it could be any course, but if uh, charisma has a way of winning out, right? So, um, if you know, I, I remember like a. 
like an American history, like uh, 20th century American history class I took with a, and I did not necessarily care to take it in college. It was a large lecture even, but uh, the uh, professor was excellent, and so you know, it made the class uh, um, made the class enjoyable. And I think that it, you know, this is a, it's not much different so far as uh, Dane's work is concerned. If you if you have any sort of sensitivity to um, excellence in in uh, the literary arts, then you'll you'll enjoy it, regardless of the uh, of whether it's about baseball or not. I think that's fair to say. Yeah, I had one friend who falls into that category that said, "Not not only is it laugh out loud hilarious, yeah, but it's it's also surprisingly profound." In its virility, I think I'm. I think I'm remembering that correctly. <laughs> Profound in its really, yeah. Well, yes, yeah. Dane's investigations of masculinity are are important. I think we can all agree. Yeah, yeah. He actually has a way of because, uh, uh, for example, I think one of the earliest pieces in that in the book is uh, was it Let's Throw Up at a Ball Game, you and I. It is. It's the first piece. Yeah, yeah. right. Let's th- let's throw up at a ball game, you and I. It has the it has the sort of the spirit of a drink of like a drinking song that you can imagine existing in the you know eighteenth or nineteenth century, uh, and uh, and yet it's uh, it's modern at the same time. Well, I guess it's modern in the sense that it's about throwing up at a Phillies game, but uh, you understand how that is. Um, yeah, uh, rare rare talent. Rare talent for such a, uh, for especially for a person who has few others, uh, being Dane Perry. I want to ask you, uh, I want to ask you a personal question to end mm-hmm. this. Um, this weekend there is a game Friday night that uh, I was considering to attend uh, between the Cardinals and the Brewers. Yep. Um, and there's a game the next day. It's Saturday at three, I think. But I thought maybe I would try to attend as well. Uh, would you? Would you have any interest? Would you have any interest in going to either of those? A or or and B? Uh, could I stay at your house, or uh, would it be possible if I stay at your house? If you say no, that's fine. Um, but do you think? But but is it a possibility? Can I stay at your house or no? Do you want to stay at my house? No, no. Uh, that's that's how you should ask it as a proper. Oh lesson. yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, could I stay at Can your I... house or or no? Uh, yes, B, yes, you can stay at my house yeah. if, you, if you like. I would not be able to attend the Friday night game because I work late at Woodland Pattern on Friday nights. Okay. I would have to, I would have to be there until at least 8 o'clock, if not a little bit later. Okay. Um, but you're, you'd be welcome to, to come over uh, even before that. Um, and either Jenna will be home, or you could meet me at the bookstore, or, or whatever you need to do. Or I maybe could come pick you up at the, the bookstore. Well, because I probably would go out. I believe I'm going to be talking on Friday night with um, Cardinals play-by-play, or no, Cardinals radio voice Mike Shannon. Okay. Um, not to be confused with actor Mike Shannon. No, I guess not. But uh, uh, Mike Shannon is amusing, and. Uh, full of multitudes and I would do that. And then the game starts at seven and I find that cause you know, when you get to the park to do like interviews and stuff, you got to be there. Uh, when does it start? Three, three and a half hours. Early? Three. Yeah. 
I mean, the clubhouse opens three and a half hours before the game. So you're there forever before the game even starts. Yeah. Um, you know, and so I don't usually stick around. Actually, what's been ideal is I drive back from the ballpark. Uh, as all the traffic, you know, basically when everyone showed up, I drive back. Highways are totally free, and I get to listen to Euchre call a game the whole way back. That's excellent. That's the win-win. Yeah, but I could go. Uh, I could go pick you up at. Uh, I could go to the bookstore and meet you there. Yeah, I mean, I do live a block and a half from the bookstore, so there's no real need to pick me up. But uh, if you needed to do that, that would be fine. Also, um, Saturday, I, I would be interested in attending the game as well, um, though I will say that's tentative. Okay, let's say it's tentative. Let's say that for now. Sure. It's called but, tentative. Uh, yeah, it'd be, it'd be great if you stay here. I would... I would enjoy it. Well, I would like it too. All right, so we'll put that there. And uh, I want to thank you. Um, we're going to end the, this edition of the podcast then, that having been established. Yeah, I'm glad nobody showed up for this stupid staff meeting. I know. It was uh, nice talk, actually. It was nice to talk with you, Bauman, um, yeah. especially when you stopped saying dong all the time. appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it was nice talking to you, uh, as always. I, uh, uh, much to my surprise, um, I like you more and more every time we speak. Yeah, that surprises me too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's hard to actually. I'll say this: it's hard to separate liking you more and feeling more sorry for you. They're they're <laughs> they're uh, close. They're similar feelings. But so why why investigate them really? Well, uh, yeah. Don't think too much about it. Yeah. I won't. Uh, so that has been uh, that's Robert Robert J. Bauman, a contributor to uh, contributor to Knockoffs and also the uh, what. Uh, the proprietor of proprietor is a good word. Proprietor of Mitzvah Chaps, uh, which is currently offering uh, Dane Perry's um, new collection, "Drinking with Boiler Yard Clark." Yep. And uh, what is it? Mitzvah MitzvahChaps.com. MitzvahChaps.org. MitzvahChaps.org. Let it be known yep. that the website for Mitzvah Chaps is MitzvahChaps.org. That's Robert J. Baum, and I'm Carson Sestouli, and this has been Fangraphs Audio. Dong! <laughs> Thanks, Carson. <laughs>